Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Allowing Ourselves to Expand and Evolve series. Today, I'm really excited about the episode that we have because we're going to be getting a little bit deeper into some of the patterns of limitation that we often engage with, as well as how we can start to open up to patterns of expansiveness and how we can watch our lives open up as a result. We're going to talk through some of the reasons why we don't allow ourselves to evolve and expand. So this was the question that I had asked on Instagram as well as TikTok just to see what people were feeling in relation to this question of why don't we allow ourselves to or what's holding us back from expanding and evolving. And what I will say is a lot of the answers are very similar and a lot of people had the same answers repeatedly. It was also the most answered question I've ever put out there. So most weeks I put out a little prompt on my Instagram regarding the topic that we have on the podcast for the week and like I said this was the most answers I've ever got. So it's really interesting to explore these these reasons that we feel hold us back and I will say that many of them are very valid. It's not to say that we don't have actual limitations and barriers that exist that do make it difficult for us to work through when it comes to, you know, mental health and physical health and socioeconomic factors and systemic factors. So today we're going to be talking mainly, and I said this last week, about our own mental habits and patterns and the things that we can turn our attention to even when we are experiencing challenge in our lives. So like I said, super excited about today's episode. I do want to provide a couple of quick updates as I have been skipping through my introductory segments and you guys know I love my introductory segments. They are the part of this podcast that make it feel really personal and like I'm sitting down and just having a conversation with a friend and just updating you on things. And I will say I don't have a ton of life updates. I feel like I say that every week. But in terms of my usual updates, I always kind of share a couple of things. On the what I'm drinking front, it's nothing exciting today. It's just an Earl Grey tea David's Tea, Earl Grey, one of my favorites. But my partner and I, Jamie, we went to the grocery store last night and we discovered that 
the tea section in this one grocery store that we don't really go to ever is really, really good. He's actually also taking a little break from coffee just to... He drinks it a lot and I think he wants to kind of reset his system a little bit because it's not working as well as it did. Anyhow, we discovered these this tea aisle and they had so many teas, so much more than we're used to seeing. So I got a couple new ones. They're also from David's Tea and they're these like summery kind of flavors. I think the one that I got was raspberry lemonade and then he got like a blood orange one so super excited to try those i had mentioned on tiktok that i read the book the year or my year of rest and relaxation i had seen this all over the app and i admit that perhaps i'm not smart enough to understand fully the depth of this book i really enjoyed I shouldn't say enjoyed. I was really captivated by the book. I will say that. But someone had commented on my TikTok about it and I would echo this is heed the trigger warning because this is not an uplifting book. If you are not in a good headspace, I don't think that this would help. And so that's just something to be aware of. After that, I was kind of feeling like I needed to read something light, summary, and I've kind of been going through this not necessarily children's book, but kind of consuming more children's content. Like I had mentioned, we were watching The Magic School Bus after my cat Leo died, just as like an uplifting, easy thing to watch that reminded me of childhood and just make me made me feel carefree and good about life. Also, I've really noticed this happening a lot in recent episodes, so I'm just going to cut in and say, I really don't like to edit edit oh my gosh here I go edit out my stumbling over my words because honestly it happens way too much for me to edit it out and secondly I it's just kind of an insecurity of mine where I do stumble over my words a lot I talk really quickly and it's something that I'm working on but I just wanted to say you know if you're noticing that I'm not editing editing that out it's intentional because I think it's okay to make mistakes and to not feel like we have to edit everything out. So that's something that you should know if you listen to this show. I stumble over my words a lot. I kind of struggle with, I don't know, there's certain pronunciations that I kind of have to really spend a little bit of time with. So I just try not to edit those things out, but I do notice, especially in recent episodes, that this is happening a lot. So just something to be aware of. As I said, I've been consuming some more lighthearted content with things that have been going on in my life, but also with having read my year of rest and relaxation, I needed something completely different. So things that I've been watching, I was just kind of looking up stuff in the, I don't know, I've been feeling called to listen to and watch and just consume kind of cottage core is the word I'm going to use, but like naturey, feel good, like mystery kind of vibe, fairy vibe, if that makes sense, content. I don't know why I've just been feeling called to that. That was kind of a genre that I really used to enjoy as a kid. It felt very magical and I always loved getting immersed in those types of worlds. I found this list online of things falling into that category and 
I have to recommend this movie because it was so sweet and I just loved it. It's probably one I'm going to be now one of my favorite movies and it was called The Secret World of Arietti. I also started reading, it's actually a children's book and I have to look up the name one moment. Oh yeah, it's called In an Absent Dream. So far, it kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, and it's basically about this little girl. She really reminds me of Matilda. She's super into reading and kind of keeps to herself, and then she basically just comes across this tree with a door in it, and she discovers this new world, and I'm just getting into that part. And yeah, they're just kind of lighthearted books and movies and things that I'm watching and listening to right now that I'm just feeling called to maybe offset some of the types of things I've been reading a lot in the past and types of things going on in the world and just kind of wanting to create this little nook and cocoon for myself right now. So now that you're all caught up in my life, I want to get into today's episode. What I will say, obviously, from the beginning is if you haven't listened to part one, then I would definitely recommend doing that first. Today we'll be getting a little bit deeper into some of the patterns of limitation that we engage with and some of the ways of thinking that we engage with that ultimately limit ourselves and by extension also sometimes impose these limitations on others and in the way that we interact with others. We'll talk a little bit about how even if we really are feeling called to expand or to evolve in some way, why we don't and some of the things that hold us back and then we'll talk through a few little insights that we can start with to start to open up to expansion even if it's in really small minor ways so we can start to make those shifts in a way that doesn't feel so overwhelming that we check out altogether. So as I said part one we kind of just explored how some of our thought processes and our beliefs about ourselves come to be and of course with this podcast and with anything where we're only listening to a short snippet of someone top talking about a topic this doesn't obviously cover every single way in which our way of thinking comes to be obviously there's a lot more to what i'm able to share however we're talking specifically kind of what happens when we grow up and learn a very narrow view of the world and what we feel to be limiting. All right, so we'll start off by talking about patterns of limitation versus how we can open up to patterns of expansiveness. And by the way, what I will say is I have a whole episode designed to talking about interrupting patterns, so that's also a really good place to start if you're considering sort of this exploration. But I want to just start by providing somewhat of a working definition of how we'll be talking in this episode about things like limiting versus expansive. So when we say limiting, what we're referring to is something that reinforces what you've already experienced or witnessed others experiencing, which can kind of keep us in a very narrow view of reality. And the example that I used in the previous episode was a visual of basically seeing the world through a toilet paper roll. So you're not really seeing anything outside of your own perspective. When we say expansive, we're essentially referring to anything that lies beyond that narrow view. So we're not always applying this logic that having 
this limited view is bad and expansiveness is good because sometimes when we expand our view, we can expand it to see things that are not pleasant or, you know, it's not all good when we choose to open ourselves up. And it's also worth saying that sometimes we can be perfectly comfortable in certain ways of being and it's not hurting us and it's not hurting anybody else. And we're not necessarily interested in exploring something else or evolving away from that pattern or behavior. But when it does become limiting is when we feel the desire to grow, evolve, expand, have a new perspective, but we come into contact with something that blocks that from happening. So here I think it's really valuable to understand our own patterning. I think it's so cool to be able to gather data about ourselves and to bring some awareness to our thoughts and decisions and how those are informing our reality. So three things that I think in this case we can consider is how we orient ourselves to and react to desires and aspirations that may be beyond what we've already experienced. The second one is what we do when we witness other people embody the qualities or experiences that we desire to have. And then the third thing is just more generally new experiences and attitudes and the unknown in general. And I find it to be really helpful to document this and to track the patterns we notice because essentially things we notice come up repeatedly are likely upheld by beliefs, patterns, and generally the narrative that you have about that area of life. So to kind of use a practical example I talk a lot about my career and how that's been a big area of focus for me. So we'll use that to work through an example. Let's say that you have a new career goal in mind, or perhaps you just have some sense of feeling like you have a desire to do something different with your career, or you have a calling to something else or something in that kind of realm. So paying attention to how you orient yourself to that goal or to that desire What do you tell yourself about it and your ability to achieve it? How do you react when you see others having accomplished that goal or kind of living out that desire? And then how do you feel about leaving behind the safety and comfort of where you are right now? And also just kind of auditing and paying attention to the narrative as to what it would take to get to from, excuse me, where you are now to where you want to be so getting essentially from point a to point b because sometimes even that narrative can be limiting so for example let's say you want to become a successful entrepreneur and you're you tell yourself that in order to do that you would have to work 100 plus hours per week and put all of your relationships on the back burner and because you don't want to do that well, I guess you can't become a successful entrepreneur. This is something that I really started to observe not only within myself, but when I shared my desires with others. So for example, when I said that I wanted to explore freelancing and being self-employed, it was so interesting to see the reactions that I got from people immediately saying, oh, well, you know, say goodbye to your social life and, you know, oh, well, say goodbye to your healthcare and kind of all of these things that just very felt very limiting to me and felt like that doesn't feel like the only option that's available to me that I have to live in this one way if I want to do this thing. I This is really when I started to become aware of this process within myself, the tendency to 
already create these narratives towards things that I've never even done myself and only being kind of receptive to people in my environment who reflected and fed that narrative back to me, if that makes sense. But something that became very important to me, and we'll talk about this later in the episode, is starting to shift that and seek out examples of people who contradicted that, that belief that I had in my head and that I was hearing everyone tell me and, you know, perpetuate back to me about how if I wanted to have a certain type of lifestyle, well, here are all the set of conditions that came along with that. I tried to find examples of people who were doing it differently from that narrative and then I slowly could start to dissolve and disintegrate that narrative because I was seeing people who were doing it differently and furthermore I was seeing people that I related to in some way that were doing it differently and I think that that is really powerful. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. For many of us when we start to observe ourselves in this way we begin to uncover patterns of thought and behavior that tell you why something isn't possible for you how you'll never be able to get there. You may notice feelings of jealousy and resentment towards people who are living that reality. And when you think about taking any step towards it, it may actually invoke a fear response, which you may interpret as actual danger. So when it comes to patterns of limitation, basically what we're referring to is the repetitive and limiting mental habits, behaviors, and choices that keep us from expanding and evolving. So let's talk a little bit about some of these patterns and why we don't allow ourselves to evolve and expand. I touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but before we fully dive into this part, I want to acknowledge that, again, we'll be discussing our own mental habits, behaviors, and choices, and the way that we relate to others that limit us. But again, it's not to discredit the existence of actual barriers beyond our own control. And it's also not with the objective of guilting, blaming, or shaming ourselves about a certain pattern that may have formed. It's about understanding and having compassion for the version of ourselves that formed this habit as a means of survival, essentially, doing the best that it could given the resources that it had access to at the time, and also adapting to life and adapting ourselves and our way of being in such a way where we would receive love, approval, and acceptance from others. So the way I see it, you may already feel badly about a certain pattern of thinking or whatever it may be, because you can see how it limits you. So I just don't think it's helpful to pile shame on top of that. So when we're going through this, we can be gentle with ourselves and understand and have compassion for the circumstances that we've navigated. So like I said, I asked this question on IG and I think I got the most responses I ever have on a question sticker. The question was, what is stopping you from evolving slash expanding? And what I found really interesting, and this kind of gave me an aha moment, is most of the time, and this is reflected by the fact that so many of you answered with such clarity, we are actually on some level aware of our own blockages. But we often allow that to overpower us to the point where we don't continue to pursue something or stay or we remain kind of in this middle ground. So we're kind of pulled in two directions, back into our limited way of being, but also at the same time feeling called to expand. And both of these states of being, whether it's being stuck or kind of being in between, 
can be uncomfortable and can cause a lot of tension and for me a lot of anxiety because I feel like I'm not fully honoring myself but I also feel that fear. So that's why we're having this conversation to find ways to let go of these patterns. And I will say it's not about not feeling fear. It's that classic quote of feeling fear and doing it anyways. And that doesn't go for every single scenario. It can't be applied completely across the board because sometimes fear is a really good indicator that we're not supposed to do something. That's kind of how it's designed. But a lot of times they're, or I guess they have the potential to really hold us back from how we want to live. So I talk in the manifestation series about how I like to think of our limitations, the ways that we limit ourselves in two broad categories. So the first is our blocking or limiting narratives, the thought patterns or beliefs that hold us back. And then the second is how those actually manifest as blocking behaviors and decisions and choices and so forth. So oftentimes it's easier to actually see the blocking behaviors because they're playing out in our lives, but they can tell us a lot about the narratives that lie underneath. So it can be really helpful to explore both. When it comes to our blocking narratives, the really common ones that I saw come up in conversation and also through the questions that I asked and also within myself. First and foremost, and this was the most popular response, is fears. First of all, for many of us, the familiar, understandably so, is more comfortable. We may have formed a version of ourselves in reality and perception that we felt was necessary for approval, love, and acceptance. So any disruption or even thought of disrupting that version of ourselves and that version of our reality, like I said, can invoke a fear response. We can have this overwhelming fear of rejection or embarrassment And what I've begun to realize about these fears is I believe they're actually necessary, things like rejection, things like embarrassment. For me, they're necessary to get to where I want to go because, again, I'm expanding my reality, whereas before I may have been trying to avoid these experiences, avoid rejection, avoid failure, avoid embarrassment. So when I'm expanding to move to a new level of being or new level might not be the right word but experience something that I'm feeling called to that requires me to go beyond my comfort zone I'm going to have a broader range of those types of experiences because it requires me letting go of the adaptive ways that I've tried to avoid them something that we see a lot especially in the world of spirituality I find and self-help and things like that is this kind of rosy view of what it means to go after your desires and go after your dreams and how when you choose to align yourself to your desires then everything else falls into place i think that can be possible but for me expansion isn't about bypassing and rejecting any negative emotions or any challenges It's about being able to engage deeply with my experience and still being able to remain connected with myself and remain connected with things like curiosity and creativity and faith, even when I'm experiencing rejection, failure, 
I don't even like using that word because what does that even mean? And interestingly, another thing that came up and I've recognized this within myself as well, is actually a fear of success, of the thing that we desire happening. We may fear what would happen if we were to become successful and how our lives would change. And I actually think this is really important to spend some time with. For me, I try to do this anytime I pursue something new or set a new goal, is to actually consider why I'm afraid of actually achieving that goal. So to give an example, perhaps if I have a certain goal related to my social media channels, to consider why I'm actually scared of that happening, to consider why it's scary to be in that position and to have your life opened up to so many people and to be exposing yourself to, again, failure, rejection, judgment, constantly? Would my relationships change? Would my lifestyle change in a way that I don't recognize? Would I be pulled away from things that are comfortable to me? And this kind of has a lot of connections with inner child work because oftentimes those fears that we have are connected to perhaps an experience that we had in early life that is causing us to continue to try to protect ourselves from having anything that resembles that experience ever again. So for me, I've talked before about how I experienced a lot of social kind of rejection. I never felt like I really fit in. I felt uncool for a long period of time. And as a result, for a long time, I really tried to protect myself from ever being on the outside ever again. And so I can feel quite taken aback and quite unsafe and anxious when I am subject to things like judgment and things like criticism and people not liking me or not approving of me. But I think that it's a necessary thing to heal because I have to accept that in order to fully embody myself who I am I have to be willing to understand and accept that there are people who won't resonate with that and there are people who won't gravitate towards that and that is okay but it's not for me to try to control that and it's almost as though any effort that I feel that I make to try to win people over or when my actions are rooted in the desire to correct someone's judgment of me or fulfill someone's expectations, that's when I feel out of alignment and that's when I feel disconnected from myself. So many of our... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Blocking narratives when we kind of peel them back are very often rooted in fear. And another thing that came up in terms of why we don't allow ourselves to expand and evolve was that feeling of imposter syndrome, not feeling good enough. So that mental narrative that we have about ourselves is all kind of devoted to proving that we don't fit in and proving that we're not enough and proving that we don't have value. So this loop that we're on, this mental narrative, isn't necessarily allowing us to see our own value and our own creativity and all of the good qualities about ourselves, it's just keeping us in this limited space where we don't feel good enough and we don't feel worthy. And one way I find this showing up again with that rejection to believe good things about us and we limit ourselves from being able to see the good in ourselves. One way that I find this shows up is, let's say for example, you receive hundreds and hundreds of positive comments on social media about something it always seems to be the one negative comment that will send you on a spiral. And it's almost like it reaffirms what you feel about yourself. Whereas sometimes the good comments don't really sink in. And the narrative that you have behind the good comments may feel as though those aren't you know, people don't actually feel that way about me or any number of things. But then when you receive a negative comment, well, yeah, that is proof that I'm not good enough and that's right. So we tend to amplify that negativity and believe and reinforce that that is the correct narrative because it matches and it resonates with how we feel about ourselves. Another big way that we limit ourselves is when we have what I'll call a lack of proof. So we're used to experiencing life one way and what we may desire may lie beyond that singular way of living or may even stray from the norms in our community. So let's say we're seeking out an alternative way to be in a relationship or be in a career. We have no faith or belief quite often in that path because from my perspective, we just haven't seen enough to make us feel that it's possible. And everything in our environment may be reflecting that it's not possible. So conversations we're having with people in our lives may tell us that it's not possible or maybe reinforcing narratives that are rooted in the belief that it's not possible. What I will say and what I find interesting about this and how 
quite often if we want something and we desire something that we're not used to having seen, there can quite often be a whole set of judgments that we may inflict on ourselves or others may inflict on us like we're naive or we need to be more realistic. And again, what I find interesting about this is for me, religion is such a normalized example of massive amounts of people believing in something that they have never really seen. It's unseen or they don't necessarily have direct proof of. And I don't know, I just find it interesting to consider that that is a big part of society and a big part of culture that is widely accepted as normal. But God forbid we want to explore a different career path than generations before us have. And how small we'll play with what we believe is possible for us in other areas of life. So as I mentioned, quite often we can see these narratives manifesting as behaviors and decisions. Some of these include self-doubt, negative self-talk, self-sabotage, procrastination, inaction due to a fear of failure or rejection or embarrassment. So we don't do something that we want to do because we're held back by that fear. Another really common one is just general avoidance or isolation or numbing because quite oftentimes we have this really burning desire and this really deep-seated desire to do something or to try something. And when we're not allowing ourselves to do that, it can be really uncomfortable. As I said in episode one, this for me manifests physically as frustration and anxiety sometimes at the extreme. So it can be it can lead to avoidance and numbing because we don't want to experience this constant tension with where we are and where we want to be. Another common one is just, like I said, checking out, giving up, settling, just kind of saying something's not possible for us. Also, in conversations with other people, defensiveness is a big one. I think for me, what I felt was my defensiveness was rooted in a lack of belief that it was even possible for me. So now I kind of am at this point where I sometimes will be defensive, but I really try to reflect on why I'm defensive. And I try to get to a point where I'm so comfortable with myself and with whatever it is that I want and what I'm going after that I really don't feel the need to argue with people about it or get everyone on my side. Another big one, and this came up a lot, is comparison and also just playing small, not allowing ourselves to fully go for it. I was actually talking to my partner about this the other day, how going back to the fear of failure, there's this sense of it being embarrassing to fully try at something and then potentially the outcome that you wanted doesn't happen. We try to protect ourselves in all these small ways by saying, oh, well, like it's okay, I... I didn't really want it that bad or even going into it, I noticed myself doing this preemptively saying, well, even if it doesn't turn out how I want X, Y, Z and all of these ways where we kind of play small and play very, what's the word I'm looking for, like conservative and safe. And there's nothing wrong with that if it makes us feel good in our nervous system to, you know, approach things in that way. However, what we're talking about specifically is when we dampen what we feel, let's say, is a creative gift or we don't allow our standards to be high because we don't feel worthy of that. And then another way 
is kind of similar to avoidance. A way of avoiding doing something is overthinking about it and overanalyzing. And this other form of avoidance, mental avoidance, which is like decision paralysis. So again, these that I've mentioned so far, these blocking behaviors are quite often self-imposed, but there are some very real things that people brought up that I want to also highlight that perhaps are a little bit more difficult to navigate. And I want to acknowledge that. So other things that may show up are just general lethargy and not feeling like we have the energy. And I can certainly relate to this. Also, just being too busy, having a lack of time. And quite often what I hear in this space, it just doesn't come across as helpful to me, which is you definitely do have time. You're just not making it. It's just shameful. And sometimes people with different schedules, like I said, to do this type of self-inquiry and self-reflection, sometimes the resources, the mental resources, the mental energy is just not available. And then also just feeling like we don't have the resources, financial or otherwise, to do what we want to do, to expand, to evolve into what we want to And then another big one, people had mentioned things like still living at home or just generally the people that we surround ourselves holding us back. So these are all very valid and seemingly universal experiences of feeling like we want to expand or evolve, but any number of our habits or blockages or circumstances in our lives just won't allow us to get there. So what I want to say is I think what's overwhelming at least for me, is quite often the distance that we may feel from where we are to where we want to go. If we've spent most of our lives lacking confidence, it's hard to imagine ourselves having it. Or if we've spent most of our lives low on money, it's hard to imagine ourselves having it. Because it ultimately doesn't resonate with the perception we have with ourselves. And because overwhelm is a real issue and can cause us to withdraw, I think it's about starting really, really small. So rather than saying, you know, you don't have a lack of time, well, make the time. It's about saying, let's work within the time that you have and make really, really small micro shifts that don't necessarily require any more time, energy, or resources than what you're already spending on upholding your current perception and habits. And also don't necessarily require us in every circumstance to change our circumstances. So this is what it starts with. And it may seem like I'm oversimplifying because of course there's more to the picture. I'm simply sharing that for me, this way of thinking, this one way of thinking really started to shift things and resulted in other bigger shifts down the line. But it started with this. It starts with simply opening yourself up energetically to a new perspective, being comfortable with asking yourself, and if you feel safe to do so, others' questions. So noticing when you're pressing up against an outer limit, experiencing that friction or resistance, and asking yourself, is the way I'm seeing this true? Could I see this situation differently? And one of my favorites, is there a more expansive thought available to me right now? I like starting with this openness and kind of opening the door to questions and challenging things that we may have held to be true 
within ourselves and others because when we ask questions, we open ourselves up to answers. Maybe not immediate answers, but with this new sense of openness, we are much more receptive and primed to answers coming through to us. And regardless of whether you are open or closed, you can still be having the exact same experiences, but your relationship to those experiences are different. So for example, you see someone on social media who is living your dream life, your desired reality, but instead of feeling jealous, you are inspired by some part of their being and open yourself up to opportunities to embody that as well. Or perhaps you experience rejection, but instead of beating yourself up about it or using the rejection to reaffirm a negative belief you have about yourself, you view it as feedback that is going to help you get closer to where you want to go or be a redirection away from something. So ultimately, this is about shifting our resources, our time, energy, and in some cases money away from things that perpetuate a limiting habit or belief and we point them towards things that are more expansive like i mentioned in part one one of the most accessible ways available to do this to expand ourselves is the internet we can essentially use it to expand our worldview and what we believe is possible for us by finding people we relate to who have experienced that same thing now i've talked about this before but the term coined by TBM to be magnetic for these types of people in our lives are expanders. So essentially people that we relate to on some level, maybe we've had a similar upbringing or we have had similar circumstances in our lives, we've had similar career paths, whatever it may be, and maybe one person only fulfills kind of one aspect of what you're looking to expand into. But when we can relate to people and we can see that they were able to do something that we would like to do and they had similar circumstances to us, it kind of builds that proof that we may need to actually start to take action towards it. And to give an example of this, for me, one thing that I was feeling when I was really, really struggling with anxiety, I spent probably two to three years suffering from debilitating anxiety and panic attacks and what I was really seeking during that time what I wanted for myself was to be able to never or at least maybe not never feel it again but was to be able to feel well for prolonged periods of time and not and for anxiety not to completely dominate my entire life experience what was being perpetuated in my environment so the limiting narrative that I had both within myself and others, was that this was something I was stuck with for life. I could manage it and I could navigate it, but once the floodgates were open, that's kind of it. And the path that I kind of thought was laid out in front of me was just kind of going on to medication and being on medication for the rest of my life, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't that didn't resonate with where I wanted to be. I didn't want to experience anxiety in the way that I did. I wanted to be able to find ways to navigate life that didn't involve daily panic attacks. 
And really, ultimately, my goal was to get back to how I felt before I started to experience that and perhaps to feel even better than I did. So I was having this awful, awful mental health experience, but I felt on some level that maybe it was possible for me to get through this and feel okay. I, for a long time... And, and to be honest, perhaps never really found people who represented that journey. I'm sure I must have seen some people, but I hadn't really witnessed people who had gone through that and were now like better, like really good. So it became my mission to almost be that for myself and to prove to myself. So we can also do that for ourselves. It was so important to me to heal through that. And I'm lucky to have had access to the resources to be able to do that. It's not to say that it wasn't really hard. It was, and it took a long time, and I won't sugarcoat that. But I can genuinely say that now I'm in the position where anxiety truly is not something that dominates my life anymore. Do I feel nervous and uncomfortable and on edge and perhaps a little bit anxious from time to time? Yes. Do I have panic attacks ever? No, I don't know the last time I did. And this is really remarkable for me. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to like shove it in anyone's face who may be experiencing this. Really what I'm trying to do is perhaps be that vision holder for you that I was struggling with really, really debilitating anxiety. And anyone in my life at the time could tell you that. I used to have to constantly leave situations, make up excuses to get out of situations. I would, everywhere that I went in public, I would have to excuse myself. Some people didn't notice, but people who were close to me certainly did and would quite often be the ones kind of coaching me through it. I struggled with agoraphobia, which was essentially being constantly triggered in situations that I felt I couldn't escape. That could mean literally sitting in an enclosed space with my family. I could be in the most previously comfortable experiences. It didn't matter. I needed to always be on the outside row at a theater. I needed to be close to a door. I, all sorts of things that were really starting to dominate and take over my life. And I don't experience that anymore. I mentioned that I went to the movies by myself for the first time, which again, to some may feel like not a big deal, but I hadn't been to the movies for a really long time because that was a really triggering environment to me. And I went to a play with my parents and that was really amazing because again I can remember being at that same place just a few years earlier and struggling through the entire play and panicking and not being able to enjoy it because I was so anxious and uncomfortable. During that period of time I knew I wanted to get better but if I was honest with myself I couldn't picture that ever happening I felt so beat down every single day. I had no energy. I couldn't even imagine feeling decent for a full day. But when it comes to expansion and 
kind of goes hand in hand with exposure therapy, to be honest. And I talk about this a lot in the episode about growing beyond our comfort zone. Each time that we have an experience where we're outside of our comfort zone and we show ourselves that it can be different from the narrative that we have in our head. So for example, each time when I was working through my anxiety, I had an experience where the narrative in my head was, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to need to leave. Every time I had an experience that wasn't that, a new experience where, hey, I got through that dinner and I was fine. Or, hey, I went to that party and I was fine. My confidence was built. My perspective began to shift And my view of myself and what I was capable of and what I could experience expanded. And now I'm just getting curious about, you know, what other life experiences I can have feeling so held back by certain things and just being curious again, starting with that curiosity and starting with opening the door to seeing what else is possible. Another thing I have to say is with social media, I have never had a following. I have tried in the past. I've worked on different social media projects and I've never had a following. So when I started my TikTok, I had a goal and I put that on paper and I really, really didn't believe that I would ever get there, but I was open to seeing if it was possible and I was open to playing around and experimenting and just trying because if I had never put that goal on paper and if I never even considered that it was possible and wasn't even open to it, maybe I didn't have to see how it would be possible and how I would get there. But even just if I wasn't even open to it, I would have never tried and I wouldn't have ever been able to experience now what I have and to be able to see, oh, this is possible. I did it. I did it in less than a year and I exceeded my goal. So I'm going to try to boil this down into somewhat of a process. So obviously, like I mentioned, we start to pay attention to what's holding us back. These narratives that we have in our head and it can be really helpful, like I said, to document this. Let's say we're working through a specific area of our lives. Just audit and take notes on some of the narratives that start to pop up, why we tell ourselves we can't have anything, how we feel about people who do have that thing. This can tell us a lot about our underlying fears and limiting beliefs. So from there, we can start to just open ourselves up to seeing and experiencing things differently, being curious, opening the door, asking questions, And then also at the same time, going back to that lesson from TBM about expanders, we commit to finding people who challenge the belief we have about ourselves, who we can resonate with. And then slowly, we can start to almost trade off the old belief that we had for something new. For some people, they may need only one person to kind of validate their belief, whereas some of us may need more. But I believe that as we shift our foundational narratives, the things that we feel about ourselves and the world and our beliefs ultimately, even slightly, we have the experience or we have the opportunity rather to experience life in a whole new way. So going back to the example from part one about how when a compass is even one degree 
off, it can result in a completely different journey and a whole new destination. So one little takeaway and reframe that I'll offer, something that I use when I come into contact with a limiting belief, and it's essentially very simple. It's going from, it's not possible for me, to I'm open to seeing how it's possible for me. Like I said, this helps me to shift out of a space of immediately shutting down, acting on ideas or opportunities that are beyond what I've already experienced, and shifting into a more open, expansive mindset where I'm closely connected to things like curiosity and creativity. And basically the knowing that there's more out there that's possible beyond my limiting way of being. So that brings us to the end of this episode. This is one of the favorites. I really enjoyed recording this episode because these topics are things that feel really important and have been so transformational for me. And again, it may seem simple to start to do these things. And what I would offer is even if you're starting to reject that this could ever work for you, well, maybe it couldn't. Maybe that's not the answer for you, but what if you were open to it and what if you allowed yourself to try? And that is something that I've really allowed myself to do. And so, yeah, I hope that this helps you and I'm excited for the journey that maybe this will set you, this will set you on. So thank you so much for listening. I am so happy to have you here and I will see you in next week's episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.